and welcome to AMO Kenzoku, episode 17. We're a group of four bubblegum crisis boomer otaku who just wanted an excuse to talk about anime, manga, and uh, any other related subjects we find interesting. Uh, the Kenzoku are Nick. Good evening. Mike. Hey, y'all. Dylan. Hello. And myself, Sam. Uh, this episode is being recorded on September 15th, 2022. And we're talking about uh, early OVAs. I don't think we're mostly 80s or earlier, but probably a bunch of 90s stuff too, because that's important to us. Um, and before we get into that, I did have a few things I wanted to um, follow up on from um, previously. We were talking a lot about licensing and things like that, uh, and I remembered that uh, I, I'm having trouble finding any authoritative information, but uh, I'm fairly certain that Wonderfest, which is a, like a garage kit or model uh, convention thing in Japan, much like Call Me Cat, actually gives official like one-day licenses to everybody there. Like All the companies just have an agreement on this. Huh. That rings I a bell. I believe so. I've remember hearing something like that that yeah, yeah that's so thought... that sounded you said those words i'm like yeah that sounds right ish yeah so i'll let's see if i can dig a little bit more and find something more authoritative but uh yeah i'm fairly certain that was true i did find mention of it online when i did some searches but i thought that was interesting um juxtaposition to call me cat which everybody just kind of um pretends doesn't exist <laughs> even though it's like the biggest collective gathering of otaku every year yeah yeah probably probably due to the content i'm guessing they don't well i guess the same stuff is at wonderfest but maybe not not quite at the same level i don't know well, some um, of those figures are quite uh expressive yes yes they are i guess the question is are the um do they have the expressive versions of licensed characters or are they like um not I don't know. I haven't done any Wonderfest. Someday I would love to go to Wonderfest, but it's never lined up with my schedule whenever I do go. I would I would imagine there's just some incredible stuff there and also probably some incredibly uh just yeah, I guess we'll just leave it at incredible stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that reminds me. I saw oh, I can't remember the name of it, but there is a a very limited statue um, seller online. Maybe it's better. I don't remember it, but I remember they got <laughs> they got a little bit of traction, at least in my uh, in my feeds, because they license they they license all their stuff. So they have you know a lot of very desirable characters. Specifically, I saw one of it was uh, Tifa from FF Seven doing the Jacko pose. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, and I was like okay uh wow that's rather bold and then i did some and it had final fantasy 7 branding all over it and i'm thinking oh wow oh my gosh is this actually licensed and it was so yeah um square is okay with it apparently um i guess enough money and you know uh these these are not cheap these are like 700 dollars statues so obviously for very very premium for extreme uh uh fans i guess you could say but yeah, they had it for a variety of other uh, characters as well, and of course they were uh, uh, clothing optional variants as well, apparently. So, <laughs> right, of course. Which, 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 Wait. which had a premium on them, even though technically there's less 
stuff there. But uh, anyway, yeah. Um, obviously, we we know. Yeah, we we know exactly why they char- they charge more for that. But yeah, so yeah, licensing definitely is not just about how the character is used. I'm sure if enough dollar signs or yen signs are are thrown their way, they'll they'll throw the characters in uh, in whatever pose the uh, the licensor wants. I guess. Yeah, which is which is kind of good, right? Like that's what we've us fans have always been saying. Like, don't you want money? Like, we'll we'll give you money for these things, and if it takes a fan to bring people the stuff, and then the licensors get a cut. I mean, everybody wins, right? Like, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, that's, then, that's like, definitely true. Because like Square, like they sell like their like on their official site, uh, new Final Fantasy seven figures, and they're like the I'm gonna say like they've got some that are like hundred, they got others that are like two fifty or something. So those ones that are up at like that, you know, 500 plus is definitely, they're probably like use it as like, okay, what kind of market is there for this like super high end like figure stuff? Because Square is not yeah. opposed to, Square Enix is not opposed to making money by any means possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're definitely no stranger to that expensive figure market too. Like we've made a lot of those in the past. Um, Cool. Well, I, so I had only one other thing to mention that um, we were talking about um, Buto PI, the uh, common Rider double anime running. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had said it was like a retelling or something. Um, no, it, it's not. It just picks up where the last one left off. It's, it's just been so long since I'd seen the original that like I really had no idea <laughs> what was going on um, in the original. So, yeah, I... I look that up again and it's just a continuation interesting i haven't watched that one yet because i've been watching older stuff so i might i might check it it's interesting because i mean i get stuff out of it because i know the characters and and things like that so i it would be interesting to to see if people who haven't seen the show like it i mean it's animated well so it's got that going for it as well like like we were talking about but i don't know it might be maybe it's confusing yeah yeah i find it interesting that they went they opted for like anime as like the follow-up yeah yeah and and it's so long like it i mean i want to say it's like uh boy eight years or something like that it's got to be a really long time yeah that's that's pretty long oh so the last the last common writer double was uh uh tokusatsu yeah Oh, okay. I I was thinking it was an anime, but yeah, it's kind of interesting. I wonder if it's just like a budget thing or something like that. Uh, okay. Look. Oh, wow. It's even more than. It's even longer than that. It was, uh, 2009 to 2010. So, like so 12, 12 years. years old. Wow. That's that's wild. Um, yeah. So, not not a not a remake or a reboot or anything. It's just a continuation. So. Cool. All right. Well, with that stuff out of the way, let's let's get into the main topic today. We're talking about old OVAs, uh, and we kind of started talking about this a little bit with Bubblegum Crisis, um, being like the big '80s OVA that uh, we all love uh, to varying degrees. <laughs> uh, it's a really interesting medium like we've talked about before, where, like, there's a lot of weird stuff in there. There's a lot of, like, one-off things of, like, um, experimental kind of things or just, like, random stuff. And then there's, like, a lot of 
good high quality productions for multiple episodes they did a lot of planning on and there's all those you know the manga was really long but for whatever reason it only got a one-shot ova that was like 30 or 45 minutes things yeah yeah actually i remember um when i was first getting an anime like i i feel like there was a lot of those that were brought over where it's like there was an ova for a thing and it would just end abruptly for some reason maps is one that i remember a lot um like it didn't it was like i don't know one ova and it just kind of ended without an ending like there was supposed to be more but there never was in that category i think the the two let's see the ones the ones that are coming to my mind as the biggest biggest differential uh, i think number one biggest differential has to be five star stories oh cuz that had mm. one 45 minute uh like ova on it's up on my shelf there I'm ridiculous. Um, and then, um, oh, shoot, I had another one that was another. Oh, um, uh, Gun- Gunnam, Battle Angel Alita, because that series is oh, also yeah. really long. And it had I think that was like two episodes, but they weren't like super long either. And I'm sure there's others that are probably even worse than that if someone else knows them. Um, Outlanders comes to mind where it got oh, a one man. shot, like 45 yeah. minute OVA. Yeah, it was like 20 volumes or something. Yeah, I'm looking that up right now. It was, looks like eight volumes plus a couple of games, but only got a 48-minute OVA. Well, in those cases, it's almost as if the uh, abrupt end works in their favor, because then it's just advertising, which I, I suppose is what a lot of anime is these days for, like, light novels and manga and stuff. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I yeah, yeah advertising and fan service. I mean, there's definitely a lot of, well, we may not have the money to get this a real TV show, but the fans would love to see this animated. I assume it's <laughs> some of the thinking there. I can't imagine it's all altruistic, though. Like, Yeah, I mean, got... clearly it's not all altruistic, but they yeah. must know some people would buy things or they wouldn't do things yeah. like put out image albums for manga that haven't been animated yet. Definitely. I wonder if some of it ties into just, um, I, I, I could be completely off on this, but I think, Sam, you could agree, like, uh, there are, there is just some manga art style that is, would just be impossible to transition into anime. Mm-hmm. Like, I think when we were both, you know, uh, early on, I remember one series you introduced me to was, was Blame, and you know that yeah. art style is yeah. incredibly different really like sketchy and just you know very it's awesome but it's very mm-hmm. you know not defined line art and they made they released i think netflix released a like movie or an ova for it recently yep. like within the last four or five years they've but done it was all 3d cgi <laughs> yeah i yeah. watched yeah i watched it. it it looks um i forget what if it's the same studio or not, but it has a similar kind of look to the uh, their new like 3D CGI animated Godzilla movies, um, and it looks like it does look cool, but it's definitely very different looking from the manga. I'd say probably the one that is the most shocking that they actually did a good job on it, which it took them two tries, was uh, Helsing Ultimate. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's a that's like resounding success story of of proving to over right because tv series is okay but it you know it didn't really tell the story of the manga wall and then ultimate came out 
ooh, couple a few years later. I think 06 was when the first um episode of the Ultimate I think so. came out and it ran for quite a while, like it ran yeah, for like, like 6 to 8 years, I want to say. Yeah, doing it right. Yeah, taking their time. Yeah, I Meanwhile, mean, shows... JoJo's got an OVA way back when and then really caught on once it got a TV in closer to a manga style. Yeah, JoJo's yeah. popularity just kind of I mean, I, it kind of caught on, caught on at least in the West, like while I was in my kind of anime purgatory. Because when I got back in him, I'm like, wow, why is everybody into JoJo's now? This was like a thing <laughs> in the '90s that you know. I mean, the way I was introduced to it was the awesome um, uh, Dreamcast uh, fighting game. I was gonna say, <laughs> was yeah, my, the, oh, I yeah. was gonna say, yeah, the Dreamcast fighting game. That that's, was my that's... first exposure to JoJo's, and I was like, this is awesome. And then I was, I've watched those. I was like, oh, that was interesting. And I had never really got into the manga. Um, Ar- 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 Aruki's art's good. It's just not a style that I personally am yeah. super attached to. Uh, I don't. It's different. It's, it's different. different. I don't deny the skill. I mean, art, art, you know, art quality is incredible. Just the style is not not 100 my thing. So I never really got into all the, you know, whatever eight eight series of jojo that are out there but uh i might be yeah. i might be understood it might be like 18 um <laughs> it's that, a commitment yeah and it's, co- it's coming it's coming back around because they got a new fighting game that's coming out uh, it's actually not new year. it's a re it's a remaster oh. of a fighting game that came out like 10 years ago that nobody bought really oh my god that's <laughs> hilarious okay i didn't know that I wish it was a remaster of the dreamcast one that the cps3 uh, capcom fighting game that would be amazing Huh. Yes, that's kind of that's that's so funny because I felt like they kind of made like a semi big deal about the new like JoJo game. I didn't realize there's a remaster of one. Man, they're putting that on the cheap. Probably making a big deal out of it because JoJo is big now. So. Yeah. So some of us watched uh, a few things. Dylan, you watched some some OVAs that you thought would be um, interesting to to talk about here. What, what did you check out? So I'll start with the. Uh, continuing with the the 80s one run based off of in this case a set of novels uh i watched because and i will say it was a it was a never never have i ever watched demon city shinjuku (laughs) um and now i have to drink for that um (laughs) uh i i thought it was like a movie and it's one of those ones where like i knew the cover forever um and but I had never really watched it. Now, the extra caveat here is that uh, it was up on Amazon Prime and it's the dub. Oh, my yeah. God. It is. The dub is insane. Like. Everyone has like wild, crazy accents that they like, like the main girl has like this wild British accent. And then. uh, Like. uh Vista, one of the supporting characters, he kind of goes into like an Irish accent at times and then drops out. And then like Chibi is another person. He kind of has this kind of like Mexican kind of accent. It's just it's insane. Like um, and then I'm very curious, too, because there's like a bunch of like there's several points in this show where they have the main guy um, make these like. uh, Like. um, when I say like voice, like he's like his speaking, speaking his inner monologue, like, so it's not animated. And cause I don't know it from before. I'm like, I'm curious if they literally just decided that they wanted to add that line in, like in the dub version. And if it wasn't actually there oh. in the Japanese, if they're like, cause it's super, 
it's super cringe lines. Like it's definitely, it was originally released in the U S by 94 by central park media. Uh Um, and, uh, give me me an example. What, what's some, what's some cringe. Oh, uh, the, so the cringe is, uh, and this is this, it's such a bizarre, crazy thing, but basically they're in Shinjuku, which has kind of been taken over by demons, but there's still people living there. And they're hanging out with like their buddy who's on wheel skates and he gives the main guy and girl, uh, he buys them access to like a love hotel room where they're on like this giant, like seashell, like love hotel bed. And this is the middle of Shinjuku, which has been like, they say has been like, they've tried nuclear attacks on these demons and stuff inside of Shinjuku and it's been abandoned for a decade, but there's still like a love hotel bed there. Cause you know, come on. There's always a market for love hotels. Yeah, so they just rebuilt those really quick. Yeah, those, they they rebuild those real quick. Um, <laughs> so uh, the girl and the guy are like on the bed and they're not together. And like they, uh, like the girl falls asleep and the guy's like in his head. He's like, he's like, oh man, I got to sleep on the floor. What you expect me to do? Not blank her all night? Except you know, no. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah. whoa, okay. Well, yeah. Well, thank, welcome to, welcome to feeling real, real rapey right now. It is. Yeah, what? Yeah. I mean, it's a Kawajiri directed anime, so. It is. It is. It is Yoshiaki Kawajiri. He has his style. Like his. Like there's some stuff in it which is good. Like I will say that like the, at least on Prime, like the encode and everything of it. Like it's a really nicely. The encode and everything looks really good. It was. They had a good source of it for somewhere. Um, but the story is just like, the story's a complete mess. Like, it jumps around, like, the motivations for nothing, like, really makes sense throughout anything. And there's just, like, all these characters. And, and it does kind of make sense that it was, like, from a novel or a um, a series of novels, I guess. But, so it's definitely a wild thing. So I would say, like, if I was to say to recommend for someone to watch it, I'd be like, you know what? Frankly, I watched it over a couple different periods because they go going, but you know what? I did finish it. It's no, so it's not like it was something where it was RPG real estate where I got three minutes in. I'm just like, this is the worst thing. I'm, I'm out. Um, it was cool. And like, if you're in for like a mood for some Kawajiri stuff, like it's another cool earlier piece of Kawajiri because it's from uh, 88 um mm. with him and madhouse so i think it, i'm not i didn't actually f- look at this it's probably one of his earlier like solo things except that that's not correct at all but yeah, he was earlier he, would be the lensman movie that we never get to see yep yep lensman and then he was and then he was on a roll of all like basically everything he did came out and made a ton of money because it was like for films there was like lensman 84 and then Wicked City and then the uh, Neo Tokyo and then Demon City Shinjuku and then Wim Named Amnesia and then Ninja Scroll and then Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust and um yeah like he had a very definite style and it often looked very good it didn't always feel very good watching it but you knew it would be cool and then, and then other things you expect from Kawajiri, like him doing storyboards for Card Captor Movie Two. Huh? Yeah, you weren't expecting that. <laughs> so, so how was the how was the animation 
in it? Um, it was Madhouse did the animation. Um, and it was, it was varyingly good. It, I wouldn't say it was like great throughout, but there was, there was definitely like, there was a, some really cool action sequences in there. Um, I think it was drawn pretty consistently and cleanly, uh, with everything. And so I didn't see anything that was really like, it's super ugly. Some things are like, eh, it wasn't done like the greatest, but they, they tried mm-hmm. to, I think, save their, save their budget for the action sequences. Cause you're doing a Kawajiri thing. You save your money for the crazy, um, you know, your crazy ass action sequences and, and they're, they look pretty cool. I mean, that's good. So at least you can put it on mute, right? If you don't want to. No, you got to listen. You got to listen to it. It's so, oh yeah. You have to listen to the dub. You got to do it. It's so crazy. You'll just be like, what am I even, what is happening with this person's voice? What's, what's going on? Why is he, why is he just swearing randomly? It seems so weird. It's just like, there's the main characters just like swearing all the time. And you're just like, that's like an why? Cop situation, huh? Yeah, it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, oh, why? Oh, Central Park Media 1994. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's why. Because that was their market, frankly, was. Yeah, was that stuff was, you know, extreme Japanimation. State uh, of the art Japanese animation. I think that was more a manga entertainment or was it? Oh, yeah. Man- U.S. Manga. renditions, one of them, but yeah, I remember rendition. that state-of-the-art Japanese animation trailer from early VHSs that was just all of the ultra-violent scenes, pretty much, and explosions, and, you know, they knew their market. Yep. I mean, that's what I wanted to see, Same. for sure. It was also kind of funny, like, as on uh, on Amazon Prime, they list, like, their, you know, four words to describe the thing, and it was like, anime, animation. And then it was, um, it was like violent. And then it was like quiet was the other word. <laughs> Interesting. I was like, I was, uh, I was like, I think you got, I think your algorithm got, got something wrong there. <laughs> um, and, um, it was fairly low on the, uh, explicit sexual stuff for, uh, Kawajiri thing. There was like. There was like one, I think there was just like one, maybe two small nip slips. Nothing that was like, nothing that was super, super over the top that way. So it wasn't Ninja Scroll. No, you never get, yeah, you don't get those. You don't get that scene there that he said for the the film when he's like, look, let's, we're going to, we're going to do this. That was honestly true of the Kawajiri OVA that, we watched in Summer Anime Club a couple of weeks ago, Cyber City 080808, that I hadn't seen in a long time. Oddly enough, I got a couple tapes of it from my high school as like an honor roll prize that had been donated by the comic shop in downtown Santa Cruz. <laughs> That's a very 90s thing. Like, congrats on good grades. Here, have a Kawajiri OVA. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell your parents. <laughs> Like, we couldn't sell this, you can have it. Yeah. <laughs> but that has... Discotech just recently put out a Steelbook Blu-ray of it that looks really gorgeous, and um, it's got some, you know, it's an edgy early 90s, well, 1990, actually, cyberpunk of, like, criminals who are forced to be cops because they have exploding collars on their necks. We haven't seen that one before. I think it was still a fairly fresh plot at the time. 
uh, and it definitely leans more on the ultra-violent side of Kawajiri rather than on the uh, sex side. I don't remember there being much at all. So, quite watchable. As long as you're okay with ultraviolence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But is it? Yeah. Would you? Like would, you re- would you? Would you? Would you reasonably recommend it? Like, would you say it was good and you were happy to watch it? Or yeah, I'd say if you're in the mood for some ultraviolent cyberpunk that isn't really particularly philosophical, but you just want to watch some action and violence, it's a good choice. And as I said, Discotech put out a steel book of it that's pretty phenomenal transfer wise so there's never been a better time to pick that one up i guess that's cool that's that's one i had never seen don't you'd watched uh one other thing yeah the uh the other thing that i watched was uh inspired from the conversation we had quite a long time ago at the uh for our um isekai episode which is i i I purchased the the blu-rays and watched el hazard i watched the the first seven episode OVA. Um, and, uh, how did, how did it age? Yeah. So for reference that original, it originally came out in, uh, pretty rapid succession. Um, in 95, like May 95 through episode seven was January 96. And it was actually, it was released and it says English by us, which I think was probably us. Like, pretty quickly after like the first the first japanese episode was may may 95 and english was july 95 which i was super surprised to see Uh, that i want to say that by that point pioneer was kind of pretty on top of getting their um their properties like brought stateside because I, that was that was released domestically by Pioneer, if I recall. Yeah, I think yep. yeah. I still was, have the clamshell VHS. Yeah, um, amazing that. Yeah, wow, that's actually a relic and a and a and a uh, collectible at this point. But um, I want to say they're one of the first studios to do that, right? Where they, I think so. They mm. kind of handled the 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 license. They 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 licensed their own in house to their you know um, overseas partner in the states. I want to say that was kind of they were kind of the first to do that. Um, I don't know that anyway else did that for a long time. Yeah, at least in the I feel like at least in the nineties they were probably that's which explains why the turnaround for like El Hazard and Tenchimuyo were were pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I. I don't I like I did I have watched it before I don't remember when I watched it it was probably at least two at least two decades ago or some something on that something on that order of magnitude um so yeah seven episodes uh they're all half they're roughly half hour episodes last episodes like 45 minutes um and it was it was fine like that's how I describe it I'd say like <laughs> like it was fine like the highlights of the thing i think it's a it's a it's an isekai that's not it's nice to see like 90s isekais there was actual consequences because it wasn't just isekai into a video game that you already know how to like win at so you're like isekai (laughs) special powers yeah Yeah, it's like alcohol yeah or when you don't drink it like they do get special powers but they're like stuck there like you're not just like oh well i don't know i guess maybe i'm here and now i know cheat codes and everything it's like oh like it's kind of funny. Like the Nanami who gets transferred over, she is she gets kind of just screwed and stuck out in the desert and doesn't get to just all of a sudden fake being a princess. 
Um, <laughs> so it was a it was a fun show. I, I think I think that's what I'd say. Like like it's fun. I would say if you're if you are jonesing for like quite literally mid nineties AIC content, it is mid nineties AIC content. It has that very that very AIC look to it that is yeah so distinct between just the way they drew and their character design stuff and everything. Um, so the things that I would say are highlights is the world and like the world design stuff is, is pretty cool. Um, the, a lot of the drawing and animation is not very good, frankly. Really? Yeah. You'll like see someone's hand and like all of a sudden their hand is like the wrong size. And you're like, what, what is happening here? Or like things are kind of like lip flapped a little bit where you're like, you gotta put a little more effort into that. Um, but mm. there are others, there are other segments in it that are like done pretty well, but I'd say overall the animation is frankly like not great. Um, things that I, other things. So I think like the settings good. Um, I think some of the, None of the characters, frankly, are like super interesting, but they've got fun. They're, they are fun. Uh, I think the most the coolest thing, the whole of the whole thing, in my opinion, is the bug room, which is like the bug enemies. They're kind of like they're they're kind of like mechanical bug kind of. And they like kind of dance around and like they're they're fun and they have like this weird kind of personality. And so they're they're definitely entertaining. Um it's a cool premise in that it's the world is almost, it's kind of like a Arabian kind of thing, like an Arabian oasis kind of world for part of it. And then you toss in some of the, uh, you know, world destroying orbs and, and stuff like that. Um, uh, it has like three good, three or four good, uh, songs, like insert theme songs in it. And the rest Mm -hmm. are kind of like, you don't care, but the four ones that are good, they're, they're really good. There's other stuff where you watch it and you're just like, uh, it's just like so, so cringe. Like as they just someone quoted from uh, on uh, on the wiki wiki for it, someone, you know, criticized one of the characters, the Isla as being a, a midget flaming lesbian, <laughs> which is. Yes, true. Um, that is her character. Yeah, that is that is her <laughs> character. Um, and like I it's one of those things where like. I'm trying to think like if I would recommend it to someone who was, you know, like say a, I'll say like a 20, 22 year old person who's like, like into anime, like, Oh, I want to watch some like mid nineties AIC thing, or I've heard that's a thing or something. I may be like, Oh, well, if you want to watch that, you know, you could give El Hazard a try. And like, it wouldn't be the thing that was so popular. You're like, Oh, this must be really good. Cause it spawned a second OVA series and then a TV series and then a second TV series. You're like, this thing has to be this, the greatest thing ever. Um, Hmm. and it's, it's, it's not that great. Yeah. Then you realize it's a mid nineties AIC OVA. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, it was the weirdest thing that I saw was that the, um, so the OVA was coming out from, I said, like May 95 to January 96. And clearly it was hugely popular because it nearly it pretty much just ran straight after that. Like. Like the last episode came out January 96 and the first episode of OVA 2 came out in March of 97. So 
I guess, I don't know, I guess that was a year, but not that long, but that the, um, the TV, uh, the TV series, which was literally, they just apparently took a seven episode of VA and stretched that out to a 26 episode TV series. Ugh. That started airing in October of 95. So literally the OVA wasn't even done and it was popular enough that they're like, well, we'll just take this one. We can just make it longer and worse and and let it run and get us some money. I can't blame them. (laughs) Yeah. um, The. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, Yeah, bad things is there's a lot of like weird 90s cringe stuff like the animation. Isn't that great characters? aren't that interesting. I think one of the other more interesting things that I totally didn't notice before is that like, uh, like 90% of 90, 95% of the, the voices in the show are in like, like a pretty heavy, like, uh, like Osaka band. Like, yeah, that's one thing I remember about. about yeah. Is everybody spoke in a very heavy Western dialect. Yeah. Which I was like, huh, that's kind of interesting that like, even like a lot of the people on El Hazard world were also like doing that, which I'm like, that's interesting. I haven't like heard a show where like everyone was doing it and it was so noticeable. Um, I think one of the other things that made it good at the time and makes it feel like it's looks better than it does is I think it actually has, I want to say like really good uh, storyboards. So like if you look at kind of like the individual like framing of some scenes and stuff, you're like, oh, that's like cool framing. And like so even Mm. if it isn't necessarily animated or and sometimes even like like the drawings are usually okay, but you're like, huh, I think some of those things I was kind of realizing of is I'm trying to get more kind of. Technical about watching animation and trying to kind of break some of these things down and think, okay, what what's good and what's bad. I'm like, you know, I think this is one where I think it actually has really good storyboards and Mm. the execution of stuff probably falls more on budgets and the animation directors and stuff, not making everything look great at all times. Well, there's, there's always something to be appreciated, I suppose, uh, even in the worst of things. Well, maybe not always, but hopefully most of the time. I mean, it's definitely not the worst of things. It's respectable, just not great in my recollection of it. It's been a couple years since I watched it. Yeah, it's it's the middle of things. <laughs> yes. It's very middle. Um, is it worth buying the... Is it worth spending, I'll say, 30 bucks on the, on the Blu-ray? Uh, middle, you know? If you if you really are, you know, if you're really feeling like you want to have that, then, you know, 30 bucks ain't bad for um, said 11 episodes of of OVA stuff. So if you feel like you want to have it. You don't really, probably don't need convincing, really. Right. Yeah. But into. I, I like it's one of those things where I'm like, well, would I rather spend that thirty dollars on that or bubblegum crisis? A hundred a hundred times out of a hundred. I spend it on bubblegum crisis. Like. Mm. But I have oh, it, and I'm not upset that I, I have it, and I'm not upset that I have it. All right. Um, so to switch over a little bit, um, Nick, you kind of gathered up a kind of list of uh, important, quote unquote, OVAs from this time stretch. Uh, probably should have 
uh, led with that, but uh, let's hear what mm, you've got. Important, more more like formative. I would say some of these are incredibly um, influential for me and honestly probably just super popular in general. Some are definitely pretty trashy. I, I don't pretend to admit that my tastes in anime are, you know, the best. I definitely like some stuff that's pretty uh, uh, mid, I guess, as the kids say. So um, I, I kind of assemble the list uh, in rough chronological order, at least by year. So uh, I'm going to open it up with, with Pat Labor, which came out in 88. I mean, we all, mm. all of us love headgear, right? I mean, Pat Labor is, yeah. it's, it's test. I mean, I've just recently rewatched the OVAs actually this past year and they hold up. Um, definitely a different style of, of series. It's definitely um a lot more uh plot slow plotting pace but in in a very intentional manner um it's hard to describe but basically pat labor is what it what probably would be the most realistic representation of what having giant robots in everyday life would be like in the world um they they you know are bipedal they're roughly 20 to 25 feet tall i want to say maybe closer to 30 they're not they're not enormous um they're not gundam size certainly uh they also <laughs> famously fe- seem like they're made out of paper um i feel like every episode there's there's one being crushed or destroyed um but uh, oh. uh I'll, I'll just keep i i can't describe every one of these i'll take the rest yeah of the yeah <laughs> um, I mean, that's probably reasonable since they're meant to be construction equipment not like battle equipment in, indeed uh moving on to a similar vein in mecca also in 88 was gunbuster which is quite possibly one of top three ovas all time for me uh following that is something that i don't recommend but i definitely remember watching which is vampire princess Minu- vampire princess miu which is also 88 followed oh, yeah. by uh dominion tank police which i actually is near and dear to my heart it's a, a lesser known Mas- uh, masamune shiro property mm-hmm. uh followed by angel cop which we, we briefly mentioned insanely violent is the one thing i remember about <laughs> yeah. it insanely violent um yeah i'll leave it at that uh followed by writing bean in 89 and then uh i'm surprised i remember this one i don't even know if anybody if any of you watched it but uh i put bow in here yeah, i know 89. the name I've, I've never watched it but i, 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 know I the did, cover. i didn't know this until i read was redoing some of my research it's made by araki that's why the art looks so weird <laughs> Oh, it's one of the only things Araki's done that isn't JoJo. It's it's yeah, very interesting. Oh, oh, that okay. explains a lot. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. I I could. That's about all I can tell you about. It. I don't really, really remember much. I just remember the name mostly in that weird art. Uh, yeah. Following up now, moving into the '90s, we have the original uh, record of Lodos War, probably the <laughs> only fantasy IP that I still kind of hold in relatively high regard. Pretty hugely influential, I want to say. I would agree. It was probably the first high fantasy thing in J- Japanese like media that really took off. I mean, it really took off. So, uh, yeah. and it had a it had a stellar voice cast. Um, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. You, it's uh, I'll leave it at that. Uh, followed and by gorgeous opening and ending. Uh, yep. indeed. Yeah. Uh, and generally speaking, animated very well. Our direction was really good on it. Uh, mm-hmm. moving, uh, staying in 1990 was, was, uh, something that's also near and dear, but I don't necessarily recommend, which is Devil Hunter Yoko. Um, <laughs> anybody who's watched it can probably understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> anybody watched, uh, ADV, uh, VHS tapes in that 
time oh, period. Oh yeah, she was like the, Devil Hunter Yoko. She yeah. was like the the poster child for ADV trailers for years. Well, it was their yeah. very first release, I believe. Oh really? Oh interesting. well, there are, there are two other reasons why they put her in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, followed by uh, something that's also near and dear to all of us, which is Otaku no Video in '91. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I. You know, um, I want to say that this one's trashy, but I don't necessarily think it is. Um, this one, I may actually go into greater detail later, but uh, in 92, and again, probably in, um, amongst my all-time favorite list is uh, uh, all t- All-Purpose Cultural Cat Girl Nuku Nuku. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe it's the American title. I know it is Ban no Bunka Nukumusume, but I believe the yeah. U.S. title is All-Purpose Cultural yep. Cat Girl. Impossible to, to remember the pro- title properly initially. Yeah. <laughs> but... Really, yes. really cool, Ova. Uh, I'll probably talk about that one uh, a bit later. Uh, followed in 94 by Iria, which we, I believe we've oh, yeah. all watched, right? Uh, the Bounty Hunter yeah, Space Bounty Hunter. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Which, point. very, very solid. I still haven't watched the live-action movies that it's based on. I keep meaning to do that. Uh, I didn't even know that was a thing, so thanks. When are those from? Uh, let me look that up. Let's so, see. Zayram is a 91 Japanese sci-fi film live action, and then I believe it had a sequel in 94. Huh. Interesting. So are the live actions based more around her brother, then? Um, I'm... Apparently the OVA is a prequel oh, okay. to the live action, so that kind of makes sense. Um... And then followed by something else that I'm not super happy to admit that I watched and enjoyed, but uh, is, is is Plastic Little. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Another Urush- famous one yeah. that time. Yeah, Urushihara. Uh, amazing art. Beautiful art. But yeah, probably not appropriate by today's standards. Uh, speaking of not appropriate by today's standards is also Golden Boy in 95. Oh, man. So good. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, animation is just legendary. I mean, it has some iconic scenes for sure. And it's like the etchy OVA that women actually seem to like from it never went too far is the thing that i like about it yeah. is it definitely just, pushes the pushes the limit but it never went too far in my opinion just avoid yeah. the manga in my understanding because it definitely goes too far yeah, I, 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 would, <laughs> I would believe that uh and then wrapping up in 95 we have al hazard which dylan just talked about uh gunsmith cats which is very near and dear mm. to me i uh, love gunsmith and then yeah. lastly mm-hmm. um again very high on my list uh, maybe not other people's is uh armitage the third which is oh, yeah a very cyberpunk you know i thought it was earlier than it came out it, was, it actually came out in 95 for some reason i thought it was earlier but yeah, yeah I, I, I guess that i was for some reason thinking it was slightly earlier but um yeah, out of this gargantuan list, I think the only one I'll really go into detail about, honestly, I was it was kind of tough because there was there was a lot in here I love, but I think I'll go into more about Nuku Nuku because that's such a it's I feel like it's such a simple but honestly kind of a unique plot even even by today's standards, honestly. So it it's basically about a uh, a, a, a almost a delinquent uh scientist dad who's a super genius but also kind of a negligent father who basically uh married married a 
a daughter of a mega super conglomerate primarily to gain access to research funds to do his own research. They had a kid at some point, and then suddenly he decides to uh, run off with this uh, robot slash cyborg technology he invented. And of course, wife is incredibly upset because that's, you know, company property. And while escaping with his son, they accidentally uh, run over or hit a cat. I don't remember the exact details, but, you know, they're, you know, unfortunately, it's it's dying and the son's very upset. And so dad says, ah, screw it, I'll try it. And he decides to implant the consciousness of the cat into the cyborg. And now is born Nuku Nuku, the all-purpose cultural cat girl. So basically <laughs> a a teenage cyborg super cat girl thing um i don't really know how to describe her uh, she's voiced by megumi hayashibara which she pretty much <laughs> was the premier voice actress for the next oh i don't know two decades following yeah. this ova yeah. i feel she's still in a handful of things but she's definitely past her like and prime you combine that with the mad scientist being voiced by akira kamiya and oh my god yeah <laughs> right exactly and uh so it's basically, I think it's like a seven, six or seven up OVA. And it's, you know, the, it, it basically plays out, um, you know, their daily hijinks and a kind of a almost inspector gadgety kind of like way of the uh, the ex-wife, because I believe they're divorced now at that point. And then the ex-wife, you know, is basically sending her to, uh, to she-goons to basically uh, collect the the cyborg back. And you know, use a, a, a litany of different methods. Um, I haven't rewatched it honestly in the better part of two decades, so yeah. I'm, a lot of this is based off a of very, very fuzzy memory. I could, you remember way more than I do. That's so funny. <laughs> I mean, I liked. I watched it a lot when I was young. I liked it a lot. Uh. Like it was very formative for me. I feel like it also didn't fall into too many of the trappings of trashy '90s OVA OVAs, where it's like there's a lot of super cringy stuff. There's definitely some that's a little bit. Um, uh, some uh, an episode specifically one regarding the hot spring that's a little bit risque, but I don't think it ever got yeah. overtly kind of bad. Yeah, like and, those are just the that's that's kind of par for the course in that time period. Oh, I absolutely. I mean, when you compare it to stuff, other stuff I'm on my list, like oh, I don't know, like Angel Cop or uh, yeah, Cap, yeah. or or Plastic Little. Um, I'm I'm sure everybody, even though her name is Captain Tita, I'm sure everybody had a different name for her. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Um, yeah. again, Satoshi Urushihara art, amazing. Uh, unfortunately, he's a little bit too obsessed on the female form. Um, mm-hmm. overall, it's, uh, it's, yeah, I can't give, say any one element of it that I think is remarkable, but it's, it was so formative for me. I still have a lot of nostalgia around it. And I feel like it holds, it probably would Same. still hold up okay. I liked that a lot. Um, I'm sure the animation is probably quite average. I don't recall mm. any particular scenes come to mind like maybe when she was a waitress and got you know the the, the catnip and started f- hopping around <laughs> and f- f- maybe that was that was animated well but compared to some of the other stuff on on the list i gave out you know i wouldn't say it's a particularly amazingly animated ova but honestly the 90s really weren't about good animation in their ovas i feel generally speaking um i feel like it was just more about trying to tell more you know extreme yeah. stories right so i think that series succeeds a lot by not being too ambitious right it's, it's it it never tr- yeah, it never tries to uh pose for as anything that it isn't um it was very it was almost borderline slice of lifey 
um, with the episodes. And honestly, it's a huge shame that the uh, the follow up thirteen F TV series decided to go serious mode because that is not what mm, the strength yeah. was. Uh, Nuku Nuku Dash, as much as I wanted to like it, was just not not very good. And also, they tried to turn. Um, uh, Ryunosuke and uh, Nuku Nuku's relationship into a romantic one, which totally doesn't oh, make yeah. sense because yeah. he's like, tw- he's like eight or twelve, and she's, in, you know, she's, I, I mean, she's a pipe, like she's not even human. So, um, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but the, at least with the original Ova, it kept it more kind of lighthearted and fun. It was kind of like you know, their their ghetto dysfunctional family, basically. I'm yeah. very slowly and sporadically watching the TV series with a friend, and there's a lot of like. Why did they make these choices? Moments. Yeah, cause... like they, they try to turn her into like a like a Sentai superhero, which just doesn't work, honestly. So, yeah, um, I'll leave it at that. Nuka Nuka Dash, not so great. Original Nuka Nuka OVA, really good. Uh, I I still recommend it. I have no idea how one would even watch this legally. I don't even know if there's a Blu-ray release for it. There is a Blu-ray release you can buy. It. Oh. It's forty-five okay. bucks, and it has like everything on it. Yeah, it has Done. the OVA dash and the TV, I believe. Oh, the TV is not very good either, but oh well, I guess I'll own it all. And then the one thing it's I totally forgot to mention: only an SD Blu-ray, but eh, it has I mean, everything. It's there's no it's nobody's there. going to upscale that. <laughs> uh, one last thing I will mention is that the original manga was written by Yuzo Takada, who also did Three by Three Eyes, which is an even older. Oh yeah, I think oh, older. Oh um, man. That's another uh, one that, love- that hey that's does that is that the one that wins the award for least animation for most manga? Possibly, I mean, it, manga went Maybe. for quite a while, and yeah, I love I love 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 Yuzo Takada's art. Uh, to me, it's quintessential like awesome, amazing '90s era art. Um, Mike, I believe you bought me a a bunch of posters actually <laughs> of, of Takada art for for one fanime. I don't remember which one, but I do remember you you gave me a, a significant pile of posters, all of uh, mm. Takada art. So, yeah, I um, don't remember that, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I think it was uh it was related to the year when your uh your your uh, 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 flooding incident happened. Ah, that would make sense. I know I had a Cat Girl Nuku Nuku poster that I got at Fanime at one point. I can't remember if I gave that to you or if I gave that to Ace, but... You definitely gave me some, and also some uh, uh, 3x3 Eyes uh, posters as well, because you recall that I love Takai. I'm just looking at it right now. I freaking still adore this art to this day. Um, All right, I'm going I'm to not let you finish, but uh, I want to move on here. Um, I, I did want to squeeze in some some of these last two things mike had recommended these two um what are the 80s ovas well 80s and 90s 80s and 90s so dragon's heaven and um download uh which were interesting in their own ways um dragon's heaven uh 98 was actually yomex which is the bbc folks what yeah oh did i say yeah 88 sorry um 88 um is yomex the same people who did bgc um and this is actually the same year as bgc four and five um, which is also the same year as akira um but it's actually animation is pretty uh borderline but the art is very pretty it's like a mobius ripoff yeah, uh, I feel like the animation might be lacking because the art is so detailed. Mm-hmm. 
because there's that, like that, hatching on everything and that just has yes. to be a pain. Yeah, that that probably explains a lot of it. The the plot is really weird. Uh and I I, I was going through the first six minutes of it and i thought that like because this this video was like on it was a ld rip on youtube and i thought like it was a weird french sub because like the beginning has like some beginning was like in french with uh their like uh, exposition which was really weird and i thought like i was like some french fan sub uh but no it was just that's the way they made it uh don't know why do you know any what the deal is with that mike not sure, though it could have been the Mobius inspiration, maybe, with them deciding oh, yeah. that instead of English or English, they would go for whatever the word is for French, Japanese. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I, I would hate. To, I'm glad I'm not French. Uh, uh, that was uh, that was wild, and the, the even the most crazier thing was like, I want to say like half or or maybe it's like a third of it is this giant model robot thing that they built. Uh, and that's like, in the beginning, they just show you pans of like a smoky shot of this robot moving around. Yeah, no animation. they pad up, the, like, after the credits, they pad up yeah. the runtime with more making of footage of how they made all that. <laughs> yeah, they were really proud of this thing. <laughs> Well, it makes a bit more sense when you realize that the manga it's based on ran in model graphics. Oh, interesting. Okay, so that was the audience they were going for then, was like model builders and and the like. Yeah, it's also interesting, like, I only know of three anime based on things that ran in model graphics. I'm sure there are more, but the three I know of are that, um, Gal Force, which, oddly enough, wasn't a manga in model graphics. It was like a manga based on stills of photographs of models that they built and put in places. So, like, that must have been an insane amount of work. <laughs> yeah. And then the third one is Porco Rosso. What? Really? Yeah. Miyazaki's The Age of the Flying Boat ran in model graphics. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I'm glad they didn't devote a large portion of Porco Rosso to... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was wild. I did notice. um, Anytime I see programming like uh, code scrolling across the screen, I have to pause and see if I can identify what it's from. And this one, it looked like it was. They have some, you know, computer text scrolling by. It looked like it was some old basic code. I don't know, I'm guessing maybe like Apple Basic or something like that. I have no idea. I wasn't able to find anything matching it. It was too blurry. Oh, I don't suppose, one... Mike, you know anything? Uh, no, I don't know about the code. I was just going to say one other random fact, which is some of the design of Deep Space Nine, the space station exterior model, is um, influenced by the look of cities in Dragon's Heaven. Rick Sternbach, the designer, actually said that in the Vintage Anime Fans Facebook group I used to mod. You, uh, you're talking about the manga, I'm assuming, and not this not this anime? Well, I mean the anime. Oh, really? The anime? Yeah, wow. inspired some of the look of Deep Space Nine. Fascinating. Because... Well, Sternbach, who designed the model of that, was a huge anime nerd. He was also responsible for slipping some of the dirt of e pair references into Akutagrams and things like that. 
I mean, I think you have to be a huge anime nerd to even know this thing exists. Uh, Particularly back then. <laughs> yeah, especially back then, yeah. Um, I think the other thing was this download Namu Amida Butsu thing, which is a Madhouse OVA. Um, and I think it's... Directed by Rintaro. Yes, yeah, directed and written by, I believe, um, by Rintaro. And it was, it's for a, like, MSX or PC-98 game or one of those um, early PCs, something like that. Do you remember, Mike? I don't remember offhand, but it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it was, this one was actually really interesting. I, I really enjoyed it, and I, I highly recommend checking it out. Um, the, the story is uh, competent. It's not super engaging. But I was entertained, and the animation is actually stellar. Um, mm-hmm. It's Madhouse, so, you know, it, especially this time period, they, they knew what they were doing. Rintaro, for me, can kind of be a coin flip, but I'd say I'd put this on the upside of the coin. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it kind of sags near the end um, in a lot of angles, but it, it's only, like, at the end. And I, I, it's short enough that it's worth watching all the way through. Yeah, it's only like forty-five minutes, so you're not you're not committed. Yeah. You're not committed to watching all of El Hazard TV that I don't think anybody's supposed to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the base. The best thing about these two OVAs, right? It's like you can watch them and you don't feel like you wasted a ton of time if you didn't like it. And there's in both of these, they're actually fairly interesting from one angle or another. The Dragon's Heaven and that the the art is pretty, even if the story is kind of garbage. Um, and download the animation is stellar and the story is competent. Uh, I, I did find it uh, actually really interesting that there's a they do a DDoS in this thing. Yeah, that was interesting for me for being from '92. It's like, yeah, you know, we changed this um, famous the popular like, rock band. pop rock band site to point to them to D- DOS them essentially, and it's like I'm impressed that they were seeing that in 92 though i don't know enough to know how much that was already a thing by that point they i i just wonder if they just made that up like i I don't know like i'd certainly never heard of anything like that back then uh yeah it's essentially anticipating the slash dot effect kind of yeah yeah that was really i thought that was really cool that the crazy um mechanical computer stuff like guy's got a keyboard that's basically like a typewriter mm-hmm. uh it's just totally yeah, wild it had they, kind of blade runner aesthetics but yet it was lighter i'd say like yeah. it's oddly comedic for a thing about this like death virus that's going to get you to kill yourself yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it was it was a is a the the plot is is kind of outrageous but you don't you don't have to care and they they tell it in a way where it's like they don't make too big a deal out of it until the very end even though it's kind of a whatever well do you have any anything other things you want to say about these shows mike um not right now because we're kind of running low on time yeah yeah so all right so i am gonna wrap this up here um anybody else have anything they want to say before we send off no i think i've said enough all right. Dylan, anything? I'm good for now. 
<laughs> for now. Until next time. Until next All right. time. Yeah, <laughs> With that. also good for now, but I feel like we will be revisiting this topic in the future. <laughs> yes, Literally. well, there's a, a, a deep well of stuff as, as uh, Nick gave us a preview of uh, how deep this well goes. Yeah, my bad. Um, and that's just the top of it. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. All right, guys. Well, another great episode of Amo Kenzoku and uh, signing off. Shabbat